Seventh Avenue Pizza, the, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. Welcome back to MNCAA, ladies and gentlemen. It's episode number 100. It's the centennial celebration here on MNCAA. And of course, as we always do, start off with our Big Ten crew. Drew Coe has been with us since day one. Nate Wells, who's joined us this season. Uh, guys, welcome in. Uh, two and a half years. This is our third season covering our Minnesota colleges. And uh, we've seen some ups. We've seen some downs. Uh, just happy we're all here to discuss it with all of you and all of our viewers and listeners back at home so again welcome in guys um how was the weekend it's uh, the nfl championship i shouldn't say the championship it's the nfl conference championships happening as we record this uh drew Kova, start with you how you been my friend boy it's been good um my favorite band was in town this weekend so i uh made sure they were first have playing the main room it was great had a very very just good day on saturday so always like always the best one of the best days of the year when they're here so um yeah i was able to kind of catch some of the some of the some of the radio broadcast on Friday because I'm uh, you know the Big Ten uh, plus uh, fun stuff but li- li- like that but yeah it's been a good weekend. And Ian, how about yourself? Uh, coming back, uh, you said you were I think doing some traveling or some things of that nature. How has the weekend been for you? Weekend's been good. Got a chance to watch a bunch of college hockey. Had my mom in town for a bit, so you know just enjoying life at the moment and trying to just make the most of this winter which uh for those in the twin cities area doesn't feel like winter and we had that one week uh just last week and uh, that drew this week it's been foggy it's been above mm-hmm. the freezing mark no that's not above zero for those who are outside the upper midwest it is <laughs> above 32 degrees fahrenheit um and maybe most oddly enough there's not a single ounce of snow on the ground nope. which is bizarre um so the um, for those who are wishing for an early spring, it seems to be trending that way. I don't know. We'll see. Things heating up outside. Um, the college hockey playoff race, both in the conferences as well as the pairways, is also starting to heat up. Guys, it's going to be February this week, which means that, not that we've said this before, but games are always important. But now if you're chasing, things become even more important, right? So which means we have to talk about our golden golfers, um, which shall we say, if you're talking about things heating up, uh, maybe things a little bit too much oil in the tracks. Things kind of slipped away this week, had a sweep in their hand. Uh, Drew, I want to start with you. Friday was maybe what's uh, probably what we're going to talk about most because uh, a 2 nothing lead, and then what happened? Yeah, 2 nothing lead, and then just slowly trickled away, at least early in the I mean, chipping away at the lead, I should say, in the, in the third period. And then um, everything goes wrong. I think, I mean, the Gophers had a five on three and then it turns into just a five on four. And then Michigan state comes out and just, and just gets an unbelievable shorthanded goal. Just, you need know, to say to yourself like, man, that's, that's about as deflating as it gets at that point in time when they're looking to get the, the, the proverbial dagger into that game. And then just the heartbreaker at the end, I mean, four seconds to go in the game and boom, it's it's all of a sudden two nothing lead the whole game and three goals from Michigan State in the very end. So Gophers had a sweep in their hands and like we mentioned last week, this team for for a little while had changed its um, 
I guess its identity of being able to really being really sure handed in, in leads and not giving things up like that. And uh, obviously I think that's a sign of both the Gophers being a little different than they were last year and Michigan state being a lot different than they, than they have been in the past. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it was just a pretty deflating way. I think to start the weekend, um, thankfully they, they remedied it and on Saturday, but man, that was a, that was tough. And especially you think about it, like how, how well they manhandled them on, on Sunday, on Saturday, you just say, boy, that was a, that was a cool six points that they really, really should have had. It's tough for right, Drew. Uh, and I think Nate, when we look back at this, first of all, I wonder if Gophers fans were having post-traumatic stress uh, disorder, like Holy Cross, maybe vibes last four seconds. Um, yes, I had to bring that up. Um, but I mean, honestly, I see, I see, um, I see your check mark. You're like, all right, let's see. Holy Cross, you know, yeah. you know, then, you know maybe a Quinnipiac, we can bring that one in. Uh, well, there's another game. AIC around, yeah. Don't mention yeah. AIC around Huskies fans. That's, you know, Hey, I watched, I watched Air Force Army last week, and so I won't bring up uh, Frank Saratori as well no. for Husky fans. So. <laughs> but that's kind of been the way college hockey's been this year. Now, to Nate's credit, this isn't the same Gophers team, but also this isn't the same Michigan State team that we've seen in years past, right? This is a different hockey squad that have been at the top of the Big Ten for most of the season. Um, it's just a different talent level. Again, Isaac Howard coming through um, over from Duluth uh, to the Spartans, again, reuniting with Adam Nightingale. Um, didn't find, shall we say, the goal scoring on the sheet, but uh, a primary assist on that shorthanded game winner as well. This this team is built different, and Michigan State seems to be cementing themselves as a, a top team in the Big Ten. Built different is a great way to put it, Nick, because Michigan State, the talent level has gone up from year to year um, with what Ed Mangels working with in year two. I think if you look at the players line to line and compare them to Minnesota and compare them to Michigan, you're still taking the Gophers, you're still taking the Wolverines, but the Spartans just, they have this resiliency. They have this ability to just put, never be out of a game, whether they're down two, nothing entering the third home last um, weekend before they're down four, one against Michigan. And you just, you're looking across college hockey and you're seeing this difference between you have these dangerous teams who can just score at will, who can turn things around and make everyone look silly. And you have these consistent teams who are just never out of a game. And honestly, if you combine Minnesota and Michigan State, be, I was thinking this over the weekend, watching them, they'd be one fantastic team. They'd kind of be at that top where the teams that are dangerous, the teams that are consistent and put together the most, those are the teams that are the top teams in college hockey. And they're both kind of in that mix where you see what Michigan State can do um, but how do they compare against the most dangerous, the, the the most elite teams who can kind of match them on that style? And then you see what Minnesota can do, but then struggle to put a game away, um, struggle to when they're maybe playing behind or just be able to find a way to win. And just, oh, if you combine those two together, you have just one fantastic team. And that's kind of just what we're going to see and what we're looking at, see if Minnesota can kind of maybe – take some small steps in that aspect as we are in February and March towards these uh, final few weeks of the regular season, the postseason. Andrew, I, I want to build on this a little bit only because we saw this early in the Bob Motzko area where, you know, there was some talent with the golfers. They were trending upwards, but one of the things that held the golfers back was either not being able to hold on to a lead or not having that explosive offense. It cost them in the NCAA regionals. In fact, twice in a row, right? Um, 
are we seeing a similar vibe with this squad? And what I mean by that is, are they projecting to be a team that right now, I think we touched on this last week a bit, where they're a frozen four contender? Or are we more so, this team, I think, may have some struggles even in the regional round. Yeah, I I don't think they're regressing to where they were when Bob came on. Because obviously now it's like when it's all his guys and it's all um, kind of a better collection of talent and i would say that just near the end of near the end of the don years it just didn't it didn't click it didn't all click together and there were obviously great players and good players that that he recruited to come in there but just it didn't click in in the ways that it needed to 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 win tournament games to make it to the frozen four especially near the end um winning national championships of course but um yeah i just i i don't think that they're headed back into that direction per se i just think Gophers fans and people around the program have been like got really spoiled last year. I think that 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 it set a pretty high standard because I think the same thing with like the, the the Boston schools at this point. I mean BC with the with the line like when they when they don't have that they're they're going to be like oh man what's what's happening to the program and not that it's completely warranted and like or the sky is falling like either end of the extreme like oh yeah no big deal or it's a huge deal. Um, there will be some of that chatter I think and. I do think that uh, the Gophers are victims to their own success from last year and their own like really, really high level of success. Um, but I, yeah, I do think that the, this team has a little bit more question marks. I don't think we're saying, oh boy, they, they have no shot at making the frozen four. Cause I do think they look a lot better. And even in, even in this last weekend series, even though they kind of gave it away near the end, um, I still think they look a lot better than they did against some like lesser opponents early in the season or like, I mean, there were some times against UMD they didn't look very good. And now in that one series was just really kind of chop, choppy and chippy. Um, and I still think that they look eons better now. And they almost look like a, a very different team. And um, obviously we talked about it last week too, but I think we saw it on the score sheet this weekend with the, a couple of the guys up front who went to the World Juniors who are looking uh, – I don't think incredible is the right word to say because it's not good enough. So it's uh, they, they were just – they were – purely incredible this weekend in, in in just a lot of the highlights and a lot of the passes and the chemistry between the two of them. So I don't think it's necessarily reverting back to, wow, this team can never close out a game or can't close out a game in when it counts. But um, I mean, even last year's team couldn't close it out. Sorry to bring up the Quinnipiac thing, but I mean, it, yeah, it's, true. it's reality. It happened. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, the most, the most shell shock, disappointing overtime period. Um, after gaining a little bit of a lead against a team, it's really hard to get a lead against and uh, kind of letting it all all come back to bite them in the end and before they even had a chance to realize the the period had started. And to build on that, I know we beat this with a dead horse last year, Drew, but really, to me, the regression started when the Gophers did get the lead only back in the second period. And you could see mm-hmm. that the, the focus was more on the defensive side of the puck instead of mm-hmm. continuing to be the aggressor. And I think Quinny Piak chipped away and as you mentioned, eventually tied it, sent it to OT. I'm not even going to talk about the Logan Cooley penalty. It was a penalty nonetheless. Um, but Nate Wells, I don't want to dwell on the question marks, right? There's question marks with every team, even if you're number one, especially this year. We've seen that no yeah. team has really taken a hold and have planted their flag in the sand and said that we're here and we're not moving. Um, there's still some bright spots for this goal for team. Besides the big names, as we know, Jimmy Snogaroon has been great. But how about Oliver Moore? Um, he's been a nice surprise and getting more involved in the offense. And that wrister, oh, my goodness gracious. 
Oh, that was a thing of beauty. It's yeah. uh, just a culmination of what you've just seen from Oliver Moore putting together from the world juniors and just throughout January. Um, and it's really crazy to think that he had not scored in big 10 play until this weekend. And then he did it twice. So you that, have huh? those. Yeah. So just have that snugger and more connection going together. There's a lot of positives to take away in those individual plays with Minnesota. And also as much as we're saying these things, they dominated a team on the road where they trailed for exactly four seconds. The problem mm-hmm. is, is that it was the wrong four seconds. Yep. And so they're a lot closer than they are. Um, I watched this weekend. I was watching BUBC for a bit. I watched Quinnipiac playing the Connecticut Ice Tournament, um, going back and forth, throwing out a little bit of Michigan, Wisconsin, and just what um, North Dakota, Denver as well, and just kind of seeing some of the, all the other top teams were playing. And it's like, do I think Minnesota can compete with these teams? Where What's the difference? Where are they at? And there are times where, you know, yeah, you think that – I wouldn't see that the Gophers are out of place against any of these teams. You've seen, especially, um, I mean, Minnesota also, they went to the Ralph at the beginning of the season and probably played North Dakota as well, if not better than anyone else has this season. It's just as the individual aspects come together and you're seeing this with a lot, some of these players, and it goes beyond the Snugger Roots and the Moors. I know Drew certainly has some players in mind as well for that. As you get those individual players kind of stepping up and kind of finding their own consistency, it's getting that team aspect in the consistency where close out games you can figure out a way to hey maybe not be um if you're behind when things aren't going well to not have the tide go give up two goals when one can when there's only one and just be able to come back and not be out of a game and that, that's probably really just been the difference right now between this year's team and where last year's was yeah really um and you know losing three of your best defense yeah. doesn't help either. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fact, I mean, them, yeah. I mean, not having like, uh, like two of the top five rookies in the NHL right. right. Or right now, like that always will help a ton, but I mean, at the same time, you're the, the growth and the development of Minnesota and the other players are, has been just impressive to see. It just, I mean, in some ways teams need to learn how to win. And we've seen Minnesota learn how to win before. And it's easy to forget that for, many of these players they're either freshmen and, and sophomore and they haven't had to kind of have that struggle mm-hmm. or that they're being put in new roles where they have to learn that on that end um have, have been kind of making this in the long run so this isn't the same team as last year they certainly had the experience of that they certainly had the experience of going to the last two frozen fours but every year is a little bit different you're in a different role you're in a different opportunities and just kind of want to see just that one little bit where hey we're not out of it we can we're able to close out these games against these top teams that are going to be in the ncaa tournament a team like michigan state and right now the difference i mean right now the difference in the big 10 standings are michigan state's taken five to seven points from minnesota that minnesota could have easily taken back and flip that around the gophers are leading the big 10 Mm -hmm. yeah and even on top of that too just like the way I think the biggest question mark coming into the season was probably de- obviously defense and seeing how they would hold up. But the next best question I think was, can the star power be the star power without the guys that left? And I know that's like putting a lot on Jimmy Snuggard, but I do think that was an honest question and saying, all right, is Jimmy going to be, is Jimmy going to be the same without playing with two NHL caliber players? Um, 
and I, at the start, it was a little rockier. Um, I think he he had some spurts, and it was a little inconsistent. And he obviously still has incredible talent. It's not not trying to take away from anything about his talent, but just just be like the guy on the team. Um, I thought he could do it, and I didn't. And just obviously, it was inconsistent a little early on. But I think now, uh, small sample size, but the last few weeks here have been a really good indicator of how how he's really taken that mantle up. And Oliver Moore too, just like back full circle back to that that point. It's like. I think Oliver Moore's grown into being um, the the guy who had a lot of speed and a good shot early on, and then teams started to figure him out, and now he's realizing, oh, I need to do something. I need to work on my game a little bit to make sure that these teams that are very prepared and very um, different than anything he's ever played at any other level to use my skill and actually make it work. Um, and I think he's he's found that too. So it's like the stars are developing into the guys that they needed to be for this team to be a very successful one at at the time when it counts. So um, yeah, just like it's the next that was the next biggest question. I think just like all right, can the stars can can some stars emerge? And I think right now with uh, Snuggerud and more, they're they're on track to uh, being that consistent presence. They're on track, and you know to sort of continue to, I think, go along the same line of let's not panic here, right? I, I think it's fair to say that there's some flaws with this team, as we talked about before. There's flaws with every squad. They're ninth in the paralyze, right? So you're not in comfort territory, but you're certainly not in the bubble either, right? Um, you're third in the Big Ten as of the time of this recording. Um, and albeit your next opponent is number two, Wisconsin, right? Um, so it's another opportunity to prove us wrong, right? Um, Nate, let's go back to this because Wisconsin has been essentially the bigger story in the Big Ten. Again, coming back last in the Big Ten, they make the big coaching change from another Minnesota school that's been beaten to a dead horse ad nauseum. We're not going to reopen that conversation, but what a job that Mike Hastings has done along with a very similar roster. Yes, there were some transfers that came over with him from Minnesota State, but we got the feeling that this team just needed a coaching change. They proved us right there. But how did the Gophers approach the Badgers, who have been the biggest improvement story so far this season? Almost similar to how they took on Michigan State, where you know what your strengths are for Minnesota, where you're able to move the puck well, you're able to create possession, you're able to limit the amount of turnovers and on-man rushes that a Wisconsin team is going to get and just limit those great A chances. And when things are going well for the Gophers, when they're able to control the play, when they have the leads, just they're a really tough team to beat. Um, I think you saw kind of Wisconsin playing Michigan, who Michigan is might be one of the most explosive offenses, if not the most explosive offense in the country this past weekend. And the tough thing for Wisconsin is they can play multiple styles. They're happy to they're, – they're not, they're not the Mike Eves. They're not the Mike Eves Badgers. They're not going to – be very defensive and try to win these one nothing two not one games but they'll they'll play those games they're happy to do so but they're also able to play in the shootouts they're able to go they're not out of any games and that's the tough thing is they're a very hard team to put away just like very much like the mike hastings teams of yore where they make you pay for mistakes and this is a great weekend for Minnesota to show that they are not going to make mistakes. They're not going to allow Wisconsin opportunities to come back and they're not going to allow Wisconsin's opportunity to put games away. Drew, I want to build on this because, you know, 
last year, the golfers, as you'd mentioned, I, I think, again, there was a lot of questioning of what the golfers did in the national championship game. This was a dangerous hockey squad in terms of the skill and talent level. But as we look at the last frozen four winners, the last national champions, Quinnipiac, UMass, Duluth a couple of years, right? Denver. I don't think any of these teams we would have highlighted as dangerous teams. I think we would call them quality teams. But in terms of going up against them and then picking them apart on the roster, saying, oh, my gosh, you don't want to let this guy alone one-on-one, right? So that begs the question, right? Dangerous versus consistent or maybe opportunistic teams. History says it's been the consistent slash opportunistic teams that's winning national championships. Yeah, and I think this team, this Gophers team, is set up to be better than it was last year just because of all the guys that came back from, at least from the depth standpoint, it's to say, all right, all these guys who have played here for a number of years and have those unfortunately heartbreaking memories of of not quite cutting it at the national scale at the very end. Um, but you have all these quality guys that not that weren't just biding their time, but they played roles on this team. They played roles for a long time. They're continuing to do so. Um, I think Bryce Brodzinski and uh, Jackson Nelson are one and two on that list. But just these guys who came back and have are able to make significant impact um, and to be those guys in the middle that are often overlooked, I think on, or like on a lot of teams, they might not have that depth in, in at that part of the lineup from age experience and skill. Um, So obviously I think the Gophers are better set up this year to, to sort of mimic that type of style. Um, But yeah, it, it, I don't think it can hurt to have a guy that can be dangerous to take a lot of the, the the top minutes from the defenseman away, and then and then say, "All right, Bryce, now you get on the ice and you do what you can with your with your good shot, and take advantage of a second or third third pair uh, defense team to just say, "All right, here here we go. Let's let's go like get a shift, get a lead, or get within one, and like to those game breaking kind of moments, you know, where you're climbing back in, you're setting yourself apart. So. Um, I like we've talked all season about the depth and I think this is just uh um yeah kind of when you look at that uh macro scale over the years and just saying wow these teams the teams that win the national championship are very deep so I, I think the Gophers have um while certainly they don't have the star power up front and uh I guess tested tested quality in on the back end um in terms of longevity and everything but um I do think they're still set up as a, as a, one of the more deep candidates out of, out of anybody that, that could contend. And Nate, I want to build on that a little bit too, because, and I, and I want to go back to the Denver, Minnesota state national championship game because Minnesota state held a lead for 50 of the 60 minutes. Right. Um, one thing that has been most impressive in terms of the national championship games and recent member for me was the way that Denver approached that game. And not to take away from what Minnesota State did, because that was the remote. They were a lockdown defensive team. They bought in. And that's where I'm going with this, is they bought into what Mike Hastings knew they would need to be successful. And they did it for 50 to 60 minutes. Denver also never wavered. Yeah, they weren't getting maybe the, all the grade A chances, but they just said, you know what? We're not going to deviate from what we know we can do. If we get a little chip in the iceberg, that's going to open things up, right? So... My question to you is, for the Gophers and what we've seen out of them in the past, maybe in the playoffs and regular season, do they need to buy in more, or have they, and it's just merely of just trying to do it more on a consistent basis? 
it's, it's do it more on a consistent basis because we've seen that with Minnesota where they do have the buy-in and they're able to win in multiple styles. I mean, we've seen this weekend where they were very happy playing a first to three game. They were kind of the team that wanted to do that compared to Michigan State. When you look at when the two teams played last year, where it was Michigan State tried to match Michigan or Michigan State tried to match Minnesota's firepower, it didn't happen at all. This year, it's still kind of the case where I don't know if Michigan State can match Minnesota's firepower, but they're happy to play that style of game still. And Minnesota's like, you know what? We can we can make this more defensive. We can be happy to do it. We can limit the offensive chances. And it's great to see Minnesota win the, win those both those games. There is the depth. I honestly, one of the people I was kind of thinking about this weekend that we're seeing more and more. It seems like he's really being more comfortable and healthy. Um, after not being so for much of the season, Mason Nevers, he had a goal. He, he got a nice bank shot in the empty netter, which I was happy to see him rewarded with after a really nice goal that got overturned on Saturday for as something we mentioned last week, uh, Jackson Nelson being too big. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. I, th- I feel like every college hockey person has seen that uh, goalie interference penalty where someone will get pushed in. There's nothing you can do. And, Credit to college hockey refs for being consistently calling that a no goal. But when that happens and you know it's going to happen, it's just really deflating to see it over and over again at times. <laughs> but I'll give, you know what? We, we ask refs to be consistent, and, you know, I, I'll give mm-hmm. them that. They are consistent there. So, but just seeing Mason Evers, though, being, being able to play more of a role, you're seeing more consistency from Rhett Pitlick, Aaron Huglins getting in there, Drew mentioned Brodzinski and Nelson. So having that depth, being able to match up and when maybe your top pairing isn't able to go and you have two, three lines where you're going to match up against these top teams and you have to solve uh, a Kyle McLennan or a Jacob Fowler or a Ludwig Pearson, who's just someone you're trying to, one of the top goalies, um, which, I mean, the case of Denver two years ago, I was in Boston watching that. And the impressive thing for me was, the two games that Denver played in that are two completely different styles. They went against the Michigan the year that they had four of the top five NHL picks. And while they weren't able to match Michigan's offensive firepower and just ability to move the puck, I mean, no one was that year. They're able to still play their own game, still make the most of their chances and limit Michigan um, as well as anyone did. And then the other hand, you have, Minnesota State defensive is not going to give you any opportunity, and they're extremely patient, extremely opportunistic when, um, when when the Mavericks needed to be. Just Denver sat back; they were happy to get those chances, and once the chance hit, they were still down. They got able to get into the game. They scored. You just saw the momentum shift. It was literally one of those things where it just it just flipped right there on a roll and. You look at the final score, that score does not tell the whole story. Not at all. No, no and, not at all. No, not at all. But and then you look at what Minnesota can do. And do you, do you think that when Minnesota is playing these teams that have those different styles, do you think that they're able to kind of still play their own game and go against these two different teams? I guess, Drew, actually, I'll, I'll throw that back out to you. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. You know, like you want to – you got to be hitting at the right time. And like you got to be hitting – all throughout the lineup at the right time. And that's so tough to do. Like, I mean, you see it at every, every level of hockey and every, or I mean, every level of sports too, just making sure everyone kind of connects and clicks at the right point in time. Um, And this team can't win off of 
a Jimmy hat trick every weekend. I mean, they maybe could if Justin Close also was playing really well, but like if if nothing if nothing's happening all throughout the lineup, uh things are gonna get exposed and uh even the best teams will will best on paper will will falter in those types of moments. So um yeah, it's just a matter of finding that consistency and making sure that they're they're ramping up to playing the best hockey at the right time. And right now, I mean, right now it seems like they're on their way, even though they had the, yeah, the end of the third period was certainly a, a, a blip and a very disturbing blip on the radar because it cost them three points. But um, I do think the way that they've, they've been playing the last few weeks has been um, signs of improvement for sure, especially in the consistency angle. Yeah, it's either going to be something where we're going to look back at the end of the season where it's either an example of what could have been or an example of, hey, this is where things turned around. At least for Saturday night, it was an example of we're not letting this happen again. We're going to be able to close out a game. And I do think that was, you know, when you take this into Wisconsin, right, guys, that's going to be a chip on their shoulder. And think about this, guys. Let's flip the conversation a bit for our, our last topic of the of the episode here, it's six points the deficit. So the Gophers could go into this weekend really with a glass half full out attitude as we have a chance to catch Wisconsin here if we play our cards right. You know, I, I and I do think, Nate, and to your point, Drew, too, is if you look at this as, okay, we need to continue to build, right? We need to continue to take what maybe our deficiencies were, whether it is for 30 seconds, which, again, led to a late shorthanded goal that cost you three points, or you can take a look at it as, okay, let's look at Saturday. We bounced back. Uh, we went back to the film room. We we saw and replicated what was working against Michigan State, and we did more of that. And we didn't let a lead slip away again, right? So this is a big opportunity here for Minnesota to continue to build and to kind of not, I don't want to say cement themselves, but I do think it's a way to, if you really want to say trying to build that momentum at the right time, this is a perfect weekend against, I think, the perfect opponent to do that. Drew, am I am I wrong in this, or what do you think? This is a big weekend, I think, for the Gophers. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. I don't think I don't think it's slay the dragon territory, but like they gotta right. they gotta beat this team that that made them look a, a little silly earlier in the season, um, and obviously made a lot of commentators like me uh, uh, look silly based on the projections and not seeing them all um, being the force that they are this season. So. Um, I do think for the Gophers, it's to kind of prove everyone to say, hey, we're, we're still here, too. I know Michigan State and Wisconsin are the big stories of the conference, but hey, look, we're, we're now tied for second in the conference. And now, um, depending on what Michigan State does this weekend, is able to um, potentially keep crawling back up. And not saying that that's the absolute end goal, but I think two wins against Wisconsin is going to be good to solidify yourself on the right side of the pairwise. And yeah, we can say that word emphatically now. It doesn't matter. I know everyone else has a problem with saying it, but I'm I'm still going to continue saying it loudly and clearly. But uh, obviously, the it Gophers. That's the I know, matters, right? It's the it yeah, it's the only thing that matters. matters. It was polls, hour and hour pairwise. They're flipping yep. the rack. Yeah, exactly. So calendar uh, flips. So does so does our so does our talk. <laughs> exactly, but I mean, it's it. it the Gophers just have to go in and take care of business. And I think we said a few weeks ago, or even just last week, about how they need to get a win every weekend. I mean, a sweep would be. Yeah, that would be, I, I, don't, I don't know how to really put it into words, but that would be an incredible sign for this team to go down to Wisconsin, beat the number two team twice, um, and come back in a really good spot. But even one victory this weekend would be, I think, uh, a step in the right direction for the Gophers. So um, 
it's yeah, it's just a matter of time. Wait till we till we till we see what they can do. And Nate, to finish off the uh, the episode here, because we are Minnesota sports fans, which means we have always that quarter glass full of fatalism in ourselves. What if they get swept? Well, if they get swept, it's not quite back to the drawing board, but it's one of those things where you look at yourself and it's February. There's really not much you can do to search for your identity because your identity is pretty much there at that point. You, you know who you are. You know it's, you're going against uh, these top teams. You know that uh, Wisconsin has the book against you. At the same time, I'd love to see for this weekend, Minnesota maybe to kind of find a way when things aren't going right to be able to turn things around. There's not been too many chances where the Gophers have had but they haven't made the most of that where just maybe they're having an off night. They can't find a way to be competitive and go in there. I think really the only game this season besides, I guess the two are the opening one against St. Thomas, which looks better in hindsight, given how St. Thomas has been in the CCHA. And also that's uh, not the so one much I, for the conference, yeah. by the way, but <laughs> St. Thomas has been thought, a really great story yeah. uh, and it sucks that they can't compete in the NCAA for another couple of seasons that, I just don't get why the five-year ban. I get one. I don't get five. Yeah. By the way, does this, did the CCHA crew know that like we somehow we always somehow end this our our, our segment like by throwing shade at their conference? I think every show right now throws okay. shade at the CCHA, <laughs> right and unfortunately, you know, a lot of it's deserved. I, yeah. I hate to say it. Um, it, it's been a very rocky season for the CCHA, and it, it's we're definitely going to discuss it here on that segment coming up here later, Nate. But yeah. back to the Gophers, um, you know. I do think you did hit something on the head there though. Whereas, you know, sometimes as a fan base, you know, I think we take a little bit more weight to those early games than maybe we should, but with St. Thomas coming out the way they, they did, because I don't think anybody expected them to come out guns a blazing and punching above quote unquote, their weight class. I think going back now and looking at this St. Thomas throughout the season has said, no, that wasn't a fluke. We're a good hockey team. They've proved that. Um, but back to your point originally is this is the the type of game that golfers need to sort of find a way, right? Where either the offense can't get going, uh, the defense maybe is struggling, where you have to get a spark somewhere to turn things around. That's kind of the game that they need. Maybe they get one against Wisconsin. I don't know. It's going to be a tough yeah, test. That's exactly it. Or it's really, it's like, it's the one against St. Thomas. They had the one against Michigan, who might be the only other, who might be the, the only team that has had as much success while, being as inconsistent and finding ways to blow games. I mean, they did another one too this weekend with, with Wisconsin, speaking of. But just the Gophers are right, probably in that right tier where it's the people around them are that group of there's talent. You can see them going on a run. They haven't all put it together yet. And they have, we've seen it at times, but we haven't seen it at all of them. And they get that great opportunity against Wisconsin and what's going to be a very nice, hostile crowd. It's going to be great to see the Cole Center full it's been too long it was kind of the similar this past week with mon i'm really happy college hockey is better when you get these full barns at mon at call center uh the school's on boston this past weekend with the number one versus number two matchup um just some of these just just getting these crowds going is going to be great and just minnesota being in that hostile environment having those opportunities to go and just find ways because look It'd be great if things go right for 120 minutes. I 
be really surprised if against a top five team on the road that they go right for 120 minutes. And if they do, that really speaks more to the Gophers, and we're going to be going crazy about that next week. But for me right now, I'm interested more in how the Gophers respond to when things don't go right. And that was really the interesting part of Saturday. It was an interesting part of the third period on Friday for the Gophers. Because when things don't go right for Minnesota, you're seeing small sparks going, but you're also kind of seeing that fatalism that we all see in Minnesota sports of, oh, Michigan State scored. Can we hold on to this lead? And that's going to be the question that I'm looking forward to talking about next week when Minnesota plays Wisconsin. You mentioned a full Kohl Center. Um, it's been a while since we've seen that barn uh, sold out uh, for any reason. You know what would also be nice? Full barns for the NCAA regionals at home. I, I kid, that's going to open up um, a much <laughs> different uh, Pandora's box than we have time for, gentlemen. But Nate, Andrew, thank you again so much. Um, speaking of craziness within the conferences, how about the NCHC? Max Beach, myself, as well as Noah Grant, are going to talk about the NCHC coverage, which was very top-heavy. Now one through six. Uh, it's a lot closer now. That's up next here on NCAA.